Welcome to Living in the Matrix. I'm Jonathan, and I'm left of center. And I'm Rich, and I tend to lean a little bit more to the right. But the bottom line is, is together we try to look for the balance of what it means to be human in today's world. Yeah, let's just get started because I want to jump into this one. Uh, welcome to Living in the Matrix, everyone. I'm Jonathan. This is my co-host, Rich. Say hello, Rich. Hey, everybody. Great to be back and great to have you back, Sean. Just we're looking forward to this. It's been almost a year um, since we uh, had our first podcast together and um, yeah. looking forward to diving in for sure. Welcome back. No, awesome to be here. I'm super honored and uh, excited. Excited. Thank you so much. Hey, so your work on Instagram has grown this year. You've done a lot of incredible stuff. Tell me about that because you are producing some of the most unique videos and you're your story and your message is so unique. Why don't you tell us about what you've been doing this year? Yeah. So I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I know what happened. Like things just start happening. You open up what I call open up your capacity and then stuff just flows mm -hmm. in. And, you know, even like my video guy is like, this is crazy because he, he keeps, I think we've got like three or four months of bank content that he hasn't produced yet. And I have, wow. I have like, I have like 20 I haven't put up yet. And I'm like, I, I guess this will just keep rocking and see what happens. But um, it just something came in and then I'm like, well, I need to. Well, the something is what I, I got away from my higher self and started using our higher all, um, which is interesting just to play on the words of it. Uh, so our higher all just drop something in and it's just like make this entertaining, make it unique, be, you know, and I'm not an art. I would never consider myself like an artist. Or somebody who would think, um, but do you know what you like? Uh, I, I, oddly, it's it's not even a me thing. I know that I'm. I, I just start speaking things out, and then I've got this awesome video animator guy that he just starts putting the stuff he's together. He's, he's like amazing right. geometry patterns, yeah. connections. Yeah. I mean, it's so cosmic, right? It's it's yeah. pretty, and and it's but it's not um, distracting. It's it's set, definitely gets you drawn in and focused. Yeah. It's it's incredible stuff. We do. I mean, it's zero. Um, zero edits ever i'm like it's perfect go and so we just go and that. then and then my other guy i'm on the last five percent it's not worth it it's like yeah. just release i love that plan yeah 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 it's 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 crazy so it's been uh it's been awesome and then my other guy that does my like you know the face and the live stuff like he's just like once again just turns them out and it's not me. It's like, it's a, it, it's, it's a us thing. And so it continues to be the more that I see it as an us thing. He just, we're all creating this together. And I'm like, just bring it to something that everybody wants to see that you've, you've done this for years, you know, it works mm -hmm. and I'll, you know, I'll pay for it if I need to. Well, now he kind of works for me. So like we partnered and he <laughs> works in my agency, which is awesome because I have other work. I'm like, well, let's do this stuff. So it's been uh, it's been just really humbling to watch it all unfold, but I, I absolutely love it. And the message just keeps getting more clear and it keeps evolving. And the more that I learn, I'm like, well, nobody's going to nobody's going to understand this. Right. The Rudolf Steiner's way of initiation and the way that they're talking about it. But let me take the principles out of that and work to make it simple. And I'm not the most simple guy to explain things, but at, at least I'm getting it's getting clearer as, as I keep going, which I'm you know, the more input, the better it gets. And we just keep rocking. Do you use Rudolf Steiner's language or do you sort of translate it into your own language? Cause you have a unique way of speaking about it. 
Yeah. No, I don't use his language. Um, I mean, I, I'm studying so many different things right now. Um, but I take, I like some of the stuff he talks about, or like I'll, you know, gotten into Rosicrucian teachings lately, or I've gotten into, um, started studying Knights Templar and then I got into Carl Jung and then I'm like, go down another path of reading the comedic principles by, you know, the Metunetter. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, d- uh, constructing it all together. But I find that, um, got into Hinduism recently and just kind of went down that rabbit hole and like, what's the architecture and the foundation of that. And what the more that the I get into you learned, like what stood out to you specifically during that little jaunt and leg, like with all that stuff with Hinduism. Yeah. Oh, Oh, uh, just the, the cycles of time and then the different ways that they view, um, you know, from a deity perspective um, and how they all have a specific purpose and they all make up this grander, you know, this, this grander ecosystem. Um, what led me into it uh, was, you know, I started hearing about this, these Kali Yuga cycles and then right. I'm like, Oh, 400,000 like, years. Yeah. Right. Like what's, what is time? Right. Right. <laughs> so, and it's on January 15th. Okay. There's just going to be this window on the 15th, yeah. not the 20th which is a different window, which is Mahurta. And this is, I had to, this is what just drives me crazy because if time is no thing and it's, uh, and it's nonlinear, then what is the, you know, uh, intensity and what is the, the, the pure exclusivity of finding somebody who knows to find the details, get in that window and actually get ready for it at that particular period of time. So help me out with that. Yeah. So there was, you know, I had a client use this the other day, you know, we, we've left change in the couch for us to get rich. And those little windows of time are just the change in the couch that we left. So we use time in order to give reference to opportunities for consciousness to fold in together. So if we all say, well, this thing is happening on this day and we can all agree on this day, then consensus creates the reality. And then there's an eternalism that then ripples out from that effect. And then at which point it is. So is it really a thing? I don't know. But it can be a thing if we make it a thing. Like how powerful is the mind that we create the hell in our life and the heaven in our life? So could we not just do that together and create this? Collectively. Collectively, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to speak to this because I actually had a thought last night as I was walking my dog that I think any polarity, good and evil, uh, male, female, any polarity you create is essentially the discovery of an emotion. Like thought is primarily language and symbols, but the heart is primarily frequency and chemical reactions. And I think it does it on a spectrum of experience. So every all, all time is the experience of that emotion on a spectrum. The more balanced we are, the easier it is, the more lopsided we are, the more it's just a, a new thought that I've been thinking about of what really is time and time is the experience of that. Right. Uh, right. Because it, what, it's what, like Howard Watts said, it's, it's all a game. And so the time creates the way the game operates. So if you're at an opera cool. or if you're, let, let's say you're at a, an amazing classical music theater and there's this Mozart being played, you're intellectually hearing and digitally um, taking in that, and then your heart moves to tears. You, you, you actually weep at the sound of that beauty, right? It's intentional coming from the orchestra, and you're also acquiescing, or at least intellectually, you're actually understanding that too. You're understanding the crescendos and the different notes. So would you not say that that's both? I mean, would you say in that case, the heart 
isn't just an emotion? Because you said that, that the emotions are in the head and the heart is a vibration. So is that yeah, the two coming together? That's what we call emotion because an emotion is technically what your brain thinks of the experience. So you think, have a chemical reaction as a feeling, and then it goes back to your head and says, what's this all about? And it interprets the reality. That's your emotion. It's a spectrum of choice between two polarities. Right. And, and you can and choose the emotion you want to feel. What's that? You could choose the emotion you want to feel. Exactly. That's true. Yes. I agree with that. And I think that it always begins, the, the, the balance of the polarity always begins by the judgment you make of yourself. You have to start from I am love in order to experience the best outcome. And if you get that wrong, that's where chaos is created in your life. And life is about rediscovering that, oh, you've already always been I am. That's the yep. fullest potential of love for the self is I am. And I think, uh, I, and this is my point that I, I sent to you. I think we are in a period of time where there is a mass coherence happening between the head and the heart. People are beginning to drop in to their body, mostly men dropping into their body and feeling that sense of a coherence and women are rising to the awareness in their head and it's bringing coherence. And I'm seeing mass trajectory towards healing, mass level, oh, especially Gen Z. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We're, 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 we're calling bullshit on the program now. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the way yeah. of saying it. <laughs> on the matrix. Yeah. 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 And the matrix is really our creation. It's nobody created it for us. We created it for ourselves, but we're calling mm -hmm. bullshit on the way that we viewed the world. And now we're getting in a space to where, what is that? To your point, you said before the balance, where's the balance live to where the present moment of what we're receiving is the intention of its creation. Right. So if I can get into that space where I am literally walking in the intention of its creation, then what am I? I'm the creator, but I'm doing it with no ego because I have to receive it. And if I say that I did that, then I'm not receiving it because I'm pushing it away because I'm pointing at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's when you You're move from the, yeah, yeah. That's when you move from the, what I call the, I am state to the, we are state and the, mm -hmm. we are state is a culmination of all I ams. Mm-hmm. Right. And then in that place, you're just like, you know, because if somebody says like, you know, then the, um, in the in the Kabbalah, it talks about, you know, the person that says I am God is completely doomed. Because the simple fact that you have now separated yourself from the thing that it is. Puts you away further away from it than you ever could be. Right. Isn't that part of the path, though? Well, it is part of the path, but that's part of the dip that you get into because there's an egoness to the eye. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've always yeah, right. believed that. Right. Like, pure, perfect love is always the collective, the whole, yeah. not the, the parts. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny, the further, the further that I get into this path, whatever further means, <laughs> the more that I say we and us, you know, an hour and the less I say I, because I'm like, well, it's not really me. Like even the content that's going out there, it's like, it's not really me. It's like, why do you Here's what I hear people? you saying is you're trying to transcend your own avatar. Because we create, mm -hmm. it's like the man in the mirror is the thing we think we are. It's the reflection right. of who we think we are. It's just in a mirror, but we're not that. And yeah. if we become the true I am, we become part of the whole, the we. Because yeah. that's that's everyone. It's like uh, in the Matrix when um, 
uh, what's his name replicated and agent Smith. Yeah. Agent Smith. Oh, yeah. So we have that capacity. We just do it with different faces and different body. Do you want to yeah. hear something crazy? I was just thinking about this just today, just before this podcast. And I just watched the matrix reloaded um, last night. What's crazy about what happened in the matrix is, and this is what's happening in, in the real world today. We're seeing all kinds of dichotomies, right? We've got dualistic thinking, Islam versus Jew. We've got uh, left versus right politically, right? Even if you look at the overarching meta narratives that have come before us in terms of Freud with the ids always fighting with superego, you've got Marx, it's the proletariat versus the capitalist and the, um, the aristocracy. And even with um, Darwin, you've got this battle between the survivals of the fittest, the haves, the have not. What was crazy about the Matrix is you had this machine and it was the Zion against the, the enemy, right? The Sentinels were coming to, to actually take this on. What was nuts about what happened was because Agent Smith actually got, Neo went into Na Agent Smith in the first episode and blew him up. And then he realizes, wow, you imprinted something on me, created this third kind of paradigm. And if you finally go to the end of the Matrix in Revolutions, what ends up happening is Neo makes a deal with the actual machine and says, hey, don't kill my folks in Zion. Help me. I need, to, I need to fight Smith and we need to take out Smith together. So what ends up happening is the machine stopped digging into Zion and there's this level where the, um, because Agent Smith is still feeling the sense of inevitability of being controlled by a set of controls, he thinks that he sees Neo die. And when Neo actually does die, or at least gets uh, pummeled in, into obliterant and actually becomes one with the machine, he thinks he won when in fact he loses. So right. what, what, what I'm trying to get with all this is this we thinking is something I think we need to we need to embrace because how do we come with that third way that third path where we find the common ground within us because there's a Jonathan even though you're saying there's a lot of heart dropping there's still a lot of divisiveness and there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of you know, there's people getting awoken but they're getting awoken with more hatred in their heart right oh, there's, there's, there's a, a of sense pain. of vileness and a sense of it's headspace that that sees this awakeness because they are seeing lies told to them. Like we're seeing stuff coming out from this government that is blowing people's minds they're not happy with. But at the same time, how do we push that aside and then figure out going back to even a thousand AD where Alphonse X, you know, you've got the King of Spain has Jews, Muslims, and Christians all hanging out together, building the Alhambra, you know, doing the kinds of things that they, they got together with a mysticism and, and a collective consciousness that was amazing, right? These people all cherished and they learned from each other because they got rid of this dichotomy and this dualistic thinking. So how do mm. we get to that space? That's as a collective. Mushrooms. <laughs> I, I'm That's joking. one way to do it. Half I mean, it joking, is, yeah. Not Half totally joking. joking on that yeah. one because essentially we need, we need medicine to get us over our own bullshit sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, the medicine allows you to see that which you didn't see, right? So if you if you only the medicine allows you to see that which you can't see. Yes. So so That's it's a like great way have, of saying it. Yeah, yeah, like the visual spectrum of light is like we see less than 1% of what we can really see. And then when you take some plant medicine and I'm not endorsing everybody goes out and takes it cuz you, you you absolutely need to be in a space to integrate. Yeah. And that's where people lose it, but yes. If if 
when you get involved in it and it allows you to see, let's let me see 2% of the visual spectrum or 10% or 5%. And then you now see something because your senses, whatever it might be now witnesses it, you can now bring that back into a practice and accountability. And that's what, you know, Christ and the disciples did, you know, is they literally were drinking wine. The wine was not wine. It was not grapes. You know, it was literally mushrooms. Ah, the immortality <laughs> key. There you go. Yeah, you exactly. did read the book. We talked about that yeah, 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 almost yeah, a year yeah. ago. The immortality key, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like it, it's it's in that space of being able to open up that little extra and say, okay, this is reality. Let me bring that into life. And the more of us that do that, the more that it works. But you have to have a responsibility within self to be able to hold the container of what you're now seeing. You know, if I give a five year old a pistol, it's going to do something really wrong with that pistol because it doesn't have the responsibility of it. Yes. Especially if its parents are teaching them all kind of crazy stuff and it's watching Yosemite Sam on TV, it's thinking, oh, I'm going to go shoot a rabbit. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's that kind of vibe. So we just got to be really mindful of how to integrate and what the responsibility of this, these tools that can be weapons and that can be healing frequencies either way, because it all works uh, for the greater good when we allow it to. Yeah. Sean, what's the biggest thing that you've learned so far this year? This feels like that year of that it's pivotal. What have you learned so far this year, just from your perspective? It doesn't have to be grand. Yeah. Um, but I know your journey a little bit. What, what, what have you really picked up? Hmm. This like 24 or like yeah. in the last 12 yes. months? Oh, in 24. Um, probably I'd say the most, what I'd say the most impactful thing so far is how, how the code of this earth, um, which is the thing that birthed us into reality is giving us all the information we ever need. Yes. And it's, and, and it shows up it. really different, um, than it ever has before. But I sense that we're all witnessing it, you know, like mm -hmm. when it rains, I'm like, Oh, we're purging, you know, like there's something about the rain that it's not just rain anymore. You know, or there's something about like when I see two sets of birds, I'm like, oh, well, I know what that means. Uh, crazy stuff like, you know, uh, the numerology or even now I'm doing stuff with letters to where I'm decoding those into numbers like automatically. And I'm seeing what those things mean. Everything is a message, you know, the sequencing <laughs> and like when I feel the wind, you know, it's not just the wind, right? It's some aspect of, of resistance that I'm feeling from the world around me that I can't see. And what is that? You know, I can take it as wind, but it has to be something that created the wind itself. And so therefore, what am I actually receiving when that wind hits me? It's an mm. electrical event. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Something's happening. So all, of that, yeah. all that's a sign and all that's a thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I went down this deep rabbit hole of the this winter solstice and, you know, dug into some other stuff. And I was like, oh, well, this means that the earth is more awake, right? But we think the earth is more awake in the summertime. No, humans are awake. We're moving around. The soul of the earth is wildly awake in the wintertime and it's our time to actually surrender, be quiet mm -hmm. and receive that information. So I noticed like in the last month, it was kind of just like a slower, um, I would say me just doing stuff like, uh, mm -hmm. where I'm not really out there or, but I'm receiving like shit tons of downloads. I think I have like 50 pages of notes of things that I've just written and it's all just from the field. Like it's all from the field and not this untouchable quantum field. It's the actual thing that I'm seeing. Like now the, the, 
the earth, this conversation, everything that I'm witnessing is like quantum. Everything on my desk right now has a very specific code to it, why it's there. And it's something for me to receive. Um, and it's not even an overthinking of, I don't really think about it. It's just like, oh, I know what that well, Everything it. good has meaning. Absolutely. It has from a, from the highest perspective, everything has meaning. Mm-hmm. I'm just finishing. Uh, all right, I just listened to Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, and he reminded me that we create the experience of life by uh, by our view of it. That if we uh, hold, we can only choose what we experience inside, not outside. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We hold yeah. that. That becomes a very meaningful experience to realize. Hey, everything does have meaning, and it's mm-hmm. there. You just have to discover it. I love that about you because you are intentional like that. You create that idea. And that is a choice that we can all make to create meaning out of things. And you're listening to, Hey, it's tied to something much deeper. Let's listen. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What are the things um, we've discovered um, when you don't have a lot of food is you savor that it's very common in Buddhist tradition to um, meditate as you eat. And Americans, I mean, we've scarfed down double-double cheeseburgers, right, with extra raw onions in about two minutes, right? Because that's the yeah. way we roll. And to be able to think about the food and then knowing it's not, there's not a lot, you're, you're, you're chewing and masticating it down, which in turn actually is better for your body too. So one of the things we, as, a, as this group that's gone through this pro- pro- program, has appreciated more is just the, um, the nature of being mindful about how it's going into your body and, 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 and chewing it and, 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 and actually feeling it actually provide energy to you. So I love, I love that. Um, what you elicited right there, Sean, Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask I, you, yeah. um, I've seen a lot of, um, things out on the ether that deal with ascension. I mean, we do talk about people becoming more awake, but Jonathan, we had Cleburne talk about ascension and, and a planal shift. So, uh, we had a podcast guest on, um, named Cleburne who, has tapped into his pineal gland and felt like by tapping into the Christ oil, which is something that starts with the fluid in the pineal gland, goes down to the sacrum, goes all the way back up again, kind of as an antenna. He's seen what we would describe as the rapture is actually just a planal shift, right? That we're going to be elevated to a different place than others. But believe it or not, um, Virginia talked about this interdimensional shift. Um, Jonathan, um, Dolores Cannon, has talked about this. There's a guy named Keb on 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 on, uh, on on Twitter talks about ascension through aliens and Pleiadians. Have you heard of Pleiadians out there, Sean? Yeah. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Okay, cool. And <laughs> what's crazy is all these people are talking about this planal shift, but it's coming from a lot of different perspectives. So there's got to be something going on, right? Yeah. Because you know you, you've got all these little paths, and if we're all kind of aiming towards the same goal. It doesn't matter really how you get there, as long, if it's collective and, and the consciousness is there, it doesn't really matter to the path, I don't think, right? So what do you yeah. think about this idea of, of a planal shift and what are you hearing in the ether about that? And maybe it's something similar to being awake or not. I'm not sure. I think there's 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 two paths. There's always two paths, right? Okay. <laughs> one, one one path is is that you know, we we are we are already ascended. We already ascended. It's already done. Yeah. Good. We just haven't actually we don't believe that we are. Got it. And so part of it is that once we start knowing that beyond the belief that we could have that this thing is happening, we have to prove to ourselves. The funky thing about humanity is that we look at the logic 
and the linearness of the proof that needs to happen in order to actually make a change or a shift. And, you know, miracles that happen that are truly miracles, they don't have a logical timeline to them. You know, there's no logical structure of how like human beings are created. I mean, really? Like there's a penis and a vagina and some sperm and some eggs and you could try to like back this thing up, but like that whole thing is a kind of magical process. It's not, it's not like you can just go do that in a lab and you can math your way into it, right? So if that's the case, and we've always had these little miracles that are always happening in our life as simple as birth, then when you look at the human body, the human body is a true reflection of ascension. And what I mean by that is that when, when, when we make the decision as a collective of human beings, because we're all individual cells in this entire big machine, right? Called the matrix, the earth, human, humankind. And my purpose is, you know, I might be a knee cell on the entire body. You might be a, a head cell or forehead and some, you know, Rich, you might be the chin. You know, it doesn't really matter what part we are, but we all have a very specific role to play and we all have a very specific purpose. We often look at the other cell and say, shit, that looks really cool to be the, the head. And <laughs> so I want to do that. And that's where our separateness comes in. And that's why we create these, this, this cancerous world that we live in because we're not recognizing that we're all one big unit on the body. So now the ascension is, is that when I look at myself, if my nose stops being a nose, then my nose will fall off right? If my hands stop being a hand, they know their purpose. They do their thing. And they do it with all the love and the vigor at the subatomic particles, at the Planck scale, the vacuum fluctuation of that energy is just as much as in the universe. And it is fully functioning. And my body is a full representation of that reality, right? So my body is a representation of ascension. And if my body is a representation of ascension, then all I have to do is say, I just need to stand in my purpose and do the thing that everything in my body does on an ongoing basis that we fight against. Like we are like, you know, nah, you're not supposed to do that. I'm going to go and change something or I'm going to, you know, do something stupid to myself, <laughs> whatever it might be, or not take care of this vessel. But the body still does it. It still figures it out, right? Mm -hmm. Until we beat it into sub submission and it dies. Um, but the thing about ascension is, is that we have the ability as human beings to actually fully surrender into our purpose. And at which point when that happens, there will be a there will be a shift. Yes, there'll be a shift to where there will be us that just kind of like move into this organism. I don't know what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, but we'll move into some organism, something, some structure that will transcend time and space. These things will not exist anymore. Technology will completely shift and we'll start moving interdimensionally all over the place as like one big unit of function. And it's already happened. We just keep playing with the concept of time to think that we have to do some crazy ass meditation to get there. And that's cool because it's part of the path, right? But it's also one of those things that there, there's, there's, there's going to be like this whipping in time to where like every thought we have creates a reality. There's going to be different structures and apparatuses that we live in that like literally ascend humanity in this one, in this state of we are oneness that is no longer a name and we are completely unborn and we are eternally evolving. And that to me is this ascension process that it's already happened. We just keep fucking around with it to try to figure out, is it really real or not? I don't know. So what, no, but where does that leave you? Like, how do you address that knowing that for you? How do you address that for yourself? Knowing that kind of idea exists in your head? Cause it's, you know, there, there are, all of us have a purpose, right? So if my, <laughs> if I, if I recognize that and I know that, 
and we all have the power to move the mountains. You also know why it's there. And there's a requirement for all of us to be able to get into the path of surrendering. And if, let's say, for instance, I touch one person and that person now has the ability to touch a million. And I was just as impactful as the one that touched the million. My ego would say I need to be the one that touches the million because I want to be the guy. Yep. But I'm not. If, if that happens, that's great. If it doesn't happen, it's great. But it's like, how can I impact? I mean, if you think about Jesus, Jesus touched, you know, not that many people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Realistically, Moses touched, you know, quite a few, but not that many people. It wasn't like millions of, we didn't have social media. We didn't have any of these things, but the stories live on like crazy because of the truth that that person was able to stand in, you know, and what I, what I, what I would love to see and then put out there is the true stories of Christ where, you know, him being a fuck off between 18 and 32. Right. And the okay, vulnerability. Let me a second on that one, because <laughs> we had, we had people on who talked yeah. about him. Do you think he went to the East during that period? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, went yeah to that's the, the context that we were exploring and we, we do too. So we, yeah. it changes yeah. the narrative of Jesus because it means he brought to the East back to the, yeah, he 100%. brought them together. He brought yeah, the I mean, heads and the heart together. There's yeah. even stories. He married a lady named Miriam, and they were married from 18 to 25, and for seven years, and then she passed away. Like, there's all this stuff that you know is out there. Um, but I mean, yeah, there were there were mistakes. There were things. I mean, nobody's a perfect human being, but that Christ consciousness, that messianic consciousness that he was able to pull in, allowed for him to ascend. Right. And once he recognized it, he's like, okay, I get it, but I'm here. So like the monks that get it, but they're also here. A lot of them are like, look, I just don't want to do that. Like, I'm like, like I'm going to go sit in the thing and do the thing and energetically connect and go through my process. But there are those of us that are here to bring it to the world. There's those of us that are here to touch one or two or 10 mm -hmm. or 10 million. doesn't matter. And you know that the time is a game and it's already happened. Therefore you can actually just see everything as love. And that's the ascension process. Do you think that Joel Osteen is a good example of that kind of person? I don't I think I don't know. he doesn't get enough credit. I think he knows more than people give him credit for. Yeah, I haven't really studied his his uh I mean I've I've heard him speak. I think he's fantastic, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't know too much about his um like what he really, really is deep about. A lot of his detractors would say he's Christianity light. You know, um, but he definitely, I mean, we had a Tao priest on who thought he was amazing. And he actually kind of talked about not hypno hypnotics in a, in, a, in a pejorative sense, but he said the way he talks and the way he communicates has an amazing ability to and capture a lot of people, right? So um, I just was curious in that particular, uh, you know, right. fr framework on that. So, well, it, it, it showed up for a reason. I'll have to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, so you a couple of days ago you had this amazing meditation, and um, you you said in this meditation it was it was designed to kind of get people kind of focused, and that which is real is that which is eternal, so that that which is truth is that which is real. Yeah, that which is real is that which is eternal, so that that so that which is truth is that which is real. So Jonathan and I have always said if it's something is true, it has to be. Did we say it? it has to be, if something is true, Jonathan, isn't that always true? It doesn't have to be, doesn't, isn't it always true? It kind of has an eternality to it, right? So that which is real is that which is eternal. So that which is truth is that which is real. So can you unpack, 
Can you unpack that a little bit for me? Because it's Dude, profound was... and it starts to make Is sense. What... And then... Was it on his video? Yeah. yeah, it was on the video. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember I, w- I was doing that, and uh, it just kept coming through. And I'm like, "Fucking, I, I, I you, know. you just went with what you were downloading. Is that what? Yeah, I don't know what it means. I mean, yeah. I know what it means. Yeah. I know what it means. I'm not saying I don't know what it means, but at the time, I was like, this is so damn. <laughs> Didn't confusing. mean to put you on his spot. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. No, I mean, so it's you know, what is truth, right? Number one, um, everything has a, like everything that we witness because it's not eternal isn't true. Right. Ah. So it's like, if I'm looking at, you know, anything that's in my peripheral right now is not eternal. Nothing like nothing, like, like even a tree, like there's nothing that is eternal. So therefore it's not real. Okay. Now. <clears throat> so if that's what is truth is that which is eternal, you know, and then it, essentially that which is real also has to be true. So then in that kind of context of putting that whole um, sentence together is that recognize what's eternal around you and surrender constantly into that so that you can walk into a different reality. And then if you can recognize the only thing that is eternal in your life is the soul that you are in, right? And the souls that are around you, then that's the reality that we should be constructing off of. And then working in that reality instead of working in the reality of, you know, let me go and, you know, do this work. Like, of course, do the work because it's part of the process that you're in. But that's one of those those things. That's like a byproduct Mm -hmm. of the entire thing. So how can I incorporate and really integrate with the souls around me? And in a way that isn't um, a spiritual vampire or being, you know, Mm -hmm. degrading or pulling individuals down or hurting somebody. That's the that's the sauce, right? Like that's the stuff that we want to, that we are going to continue to surrender into. And and that's, that to me just makes a big shift in how you view things. Cause you're not, you don't take anything personal at that point. You're like, all right, well that happened. You know, um, what's yeah, been the, like- what's been the valuable part of seeing yourself as the we to, to that integration of, I am the we, What's been the value of that? Because I love that idea. I, I I understand that what you're talking about because there's a greater collective that we are. You accept everything. You accept yeah. everything, and you say everything. You mm-hmm. see everything with just extreme gratitude. Yes. You see everything with wild reverence, and you love everything, even the stuff that you probably shouldn't like, according to society, because you know that it's part of we. Like if we are God and we are the, the whole thing. And nothing that happens, it's, it's all an initiation and you don't take it personal. And I mean, and I can imagine the most horrific things happening, like say something were to happen to, you know, um, a very close friend of mine or, you know, fiance or son or parents, whatever it might be, you know, you, we take that personal. Yeah. And that's okay to take it personal because it's part of the grieving process, it's part of the up and down, but it's also one of those things that's like pain. Their soul is the real thing. Their soul mm-hmm. is the eternal thing. Mm-hmm. And can I love their soul beyond their body? And, you know, one thing that we've done when in looking at, you know, all of these beautiful um, prophets and deity, like not deities, but, you know, the prophets and everything. Avatars of sorts, right? Yeah. We love their yeah. soul beyond their body. We love what the soul yeah. represented that was the eternalness, mm-hmm. not all the other broken pieces of them. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure they all had problems, right? Um, but we love, we love the legacy, the journey, the reality of what they were creating. And that's the real thing. Well, we love Peter, 
so much because he was so broken, right? Here's a guy who watches Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? He's hanging out with James and John, and he sees the living Christ coming through in his glory. And then the next thing you know, he cuts off the servant's ear because he forgets what Jesus came for. And then he's denying him three times, right? Um, right there before the crucifixion. And yep. so we're thankful that we have somebody who could open mouth and put in foot, but realize at the end of the day that his heart wasn't the right place, but we get to suffer with him, right? We get to make these mistakes and realize that grace is real. And we, we're thankful for that, right? And I think that you you look at the prophets, you know, you got a guy, I mean, for, hell, for heaven's sake, Elijah calls down fire, you know, upon the prophets at Baal, Mount Carmel, um, Jonathan, and then runs away from Jezebel, right? So he here he is calling down freaking fire like on this altar. He made a little joke with the priests and he says, okay, um, why don't you put water? Uh, no, he says, try to light the fire. I don't know what happened. Um, I think he had, asked him to put water all over the place. They couldn't light this thing on fire. And then he goes, maybe your God's pissing, you know, have taken a, taken a leak someplace, you know, and then all of a sudden he does it and he calls it down. So he's, everything's consumed and he's, he's the badass of the day. And then next thing you know, the next day he runs away from Queen Jezebel, you know? And yeah. so you have things like that. I think that's what I also love about the Bible. I think you love the Bible too, in many regards. And you called it the most dangerous book, in fact, because of the reflection of what happens. And I, I yeah. just love this, Sean, because Jonathan, I got to tell you how many times as an apologist for the Calvinistic side of things in faith, when I would open up that Bible, the first thing that I would start doing was I was looking for those verses that would justify my position. And what a fucked up thing is that, right? Instead of looking at the light. Yeah, it's looking to the light of the spirit that goes into those words and using them instead of light, you're using them for, you know, at least a backhanded slap to say, I've got the upper hand. And Mm. Um, you know, but thank God you've got so many, you know, people just screwing up in the Bible, right? Even David, right? Just what yeah. a mess. He's a murderer, a, he's an adulterer, right? And yet at the end of the day, he had that heart. So I, I just love, I love that we've got these stories, you know? Yeah, I do too. Sean, let me ask you a question. Um, what do you uh, feel is the responsibility of this awareness and do you look at it as, oh, I should go create this thing that makes it happen? Or are you taking an approach that says, I'm just going to be in the moment and do whatever that is? Which one are you leaning towards? Hmm. That's a great question. That is a great question. So it's, for, for me, it's, for me, it's moving away from any efforting and really into, uh, into a receiving, you know, I was reading, um, or do some like working with the you know Kabbalistic teachings right now and kind of going through that and studying that entire, you know, tree life and, you know, going from Ketzer all the way to Malchut and, you know, what all those things mean. And, you know, we were all, we were all born to just receive the light. Right. And, but the reality of it is, is that if I was born with a silver spoon, I'm never going to appreciate it. And so to your point in this whole process that, I used to want to be like, I want to go save the world and let's go fix everybody. And let's, you know, I, I, I wrote out these different stages of consciousness um, that we go through because what I've started to notice is like, you know, like my old ego um, is kind of toward the October of last year. I saw these people just start popping off and I'm like, well, shit, my stuff is just as good, if not better. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, 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 what am I saying right now? 
And I'm like, you know what? Everybody, there's something for everybody. You know, for those that have ears, I'll let them hear. But they, they're going to hear the thing that they need to hear at the time. And it might not be my message. But I know that my message might impact the person that's like crushing it with somebody else out there. Right. And as long as we are helping individuals walk through those different stairs, st- those steps and up that ladder, that's what's important. So the responsibility for me to go out and be like, I got to shift the whole thing. Not me. It's a we thing. So I'll go, it took me right back to the we thing once I realized that there's no I or me that I have to do anything. But what ends up happening is the more that I receive and widen my vessel, the more that the instructions roll in and the more people show up in my life that literally are the stepping stones for me to continue to walk down and they guide me. Mm-hmm. So now when people show up in my life, I am in absolute awe and reverence because they are literally a guide that I've created for myself to take me down a path in order for us to do something together. And that oh. feels so much different than me sitting here like, okay, I got to come up with the plan and figure it out. Awesome. And change the world. <laughs> but it all works. It's like, oh, well, I got yeah. a guy that's building out a whole like conscious community mystery school. I got another one over here that's building this thing called in life. There's another guy over here that's building another thing. And I'm just part of it and I'm in it. And, you know, and it was like, how do you do so much stuff? It's like, I'm just kind of like flowing. I'm just moving like the water. How does the water you pick you know, up the next problem? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You just kind of go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's you were really also beautiful. talking earlier about how the hand does what it's supposed to do and the nose does what it's supposed to do. And when they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do, you don't even think about it. Right. And that's the kind of beauty of it. The rhythm, though. It, it's, yeah. It, that's what it the ego does. The egos, yeah. well, the ego wants to be this big light and say, look at me when being part of the we gives you what you actually want. That's the joke of it is the ego never realizes because it can never let go that the very thing, the fulfillment from we is the very thing that I seeks. And Mm -hmm. I'm realizing, God, I've created this Jonathan avatar for myself and I'm learning to let it go. Like, Really, what happens if I don't stay alive? Like, what happens in three generations? It's like, it's not as big of a deal as my amygdala wants. <laughs> you know, the yeah. reality is, is that I'm not going to experience it anyways. And who knows? Because now I'm realizing we are energy. We always continue. Love conservation of energy, That's 100%. Understanding quantum physics basically was the greatest validation of what Christ consciousness was. That to me is the only, that's the thing is this Jesus guy actually created this idea or exposed it that if you just love life gets really good. And he created this idea of the way and, and just gave simple language to it. And we've been playing around it for like 2000 years. And I think it's waking up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like three, three things that I'll, I'll kind of speak to it around this, um, like this Christ consciousness. So like one of them is what I've noticed in, in, in when I reread it, I've like reread, you know, different stories of Christ. And, and I started watching the chosen the other day. Cause I got a client that's involved in it. I'm like, Oh, well, this is great. Is that one thing that Christ did is never use his gifts to save anybody. He only used his gifts to show other people how to save themselves. Yes. And like when I was looking at the deal in the, um, 
where he's feeding the individuals. And he's like, you know, the disciples went and shat, sat with chat. You know, that'd be great. The disciples went and sat with individuals in these groups and pods. And it was taking the teachings and going and showing other individuals. And it's like, oh, well, they all got fed. What do they get fed? I mean, we could say it's bread, it's this, and so on and so forth. But when we know the symbology of the bread and the blood, or the bread and the wine, and what they actually had, it wasn't the food, it was the information and the knowledge. Mm -hmm. yes. Feeding them the knowledge was the thing mm -hmm. that came in. Now, what does the ego do? The ego says, well, shit, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of it. So I need to look at this guy as the king. He's the guy that did it. Jesus is the guy. And then they revered him instead of revering themselves as the ones that were creating. And he kept pointing people back to that. And so there's there's that aspect of it. And then what that led me to is then going deeper into some, like I delved into this Rudolf Steiner thing even further, where he was talking about the Jehovah and um, Aramonic. Have you, have you studied Aramon and Lucifer and how all this stuff works? Tiny, tiny. Bit. Not Aramon. I, I've always hold that Luciferian is the light bearer, right? Yeah. In, in terms of Masonic um, stuff, I mean, I mean, I mean, th there's a lot of people who don't think that Lucifer is actually a bad guy. He's actually. Um, but do well, you know the characters? Not the not the second guy. I only know the Luciferian one that your yeah. your son's so talked like, about him a lot. Who's the if he's the light if, if Lucifer is the light bearer? Who's the dark bearer? Satan. But don't a lot of people say Lucifer is Satan? Uh, not in Masonic terms. No, um, they, okay. they differentiate right, well, the good. two. What's your yeah. point? And then, so Aram Aramon is like the, so basically you have two different devils, which are the extensions of polarity at both ends, right? You've got the light and you've got the dark. You've got all as dark as it could possibly be. You've got as light as it could possibly be. If you go all the way into the dark, you're blind. You go all the way into the light, you're blind. Both of them are problematic. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So well, the polarities are always where the chaos is. Yeah. Luciferian energy lives on the extensions of ether, air, and water. The Satan, we can call it Satan or we can call it Aramonic energy, either way, sits inside of the core materialism, the matter, and what's actually in this world. There's a threshold, they either call it Abraxas, Masonic energy, Christ consciousness, whatever you want. That is the gateway that allows the Jehovah and the ether, air, and the water to then translate into what we call the mineral or the material space of this world. Mm. Oh, well, hold on a second. Is that the moment? That's that alchemy. Energy that's becomes matter. Is that that point? That's the point when, yeah, it, it comes in and then it translates into reality. Now, the thing is, is the Jehovah energy will never touch the matter. It has to go through the gateway of this consciousness or this threshold or the Abraxas or the um, this threshold energy that sits there. And the ascension process is us being able to hold the space of pulling in the light, loving the darkness bringing the light into the darkness and being able to paint the picture of our creation, which we do that in a micro space. And we do that in a macro space. You go to the law of correspondence. It's our cells do that inside of our body as well as our, we do that, but we just do it with like fucked up thoughts sometimes. And then there's more, right? And so we are constantly walking in that space. We just don't see it all as love. And we choose a side, which is why a lot of spiritual individuals get lost in the light. They're like, Oh, like what I've noticed a lot of a lot of billionaires and millionaires that I talk to, you know, that many billionaires out there, but I've talked to a handful, they start getting into spirituality and they're like, oh, I just got to go do the light thing because they conquered the materialism. So what what do they do? The pendulum swings to the right as much as swings to the left. Now they go chase light. They get lost in the light. 
Interesting. Is that like an Anthony? Would you say uh, Tony Robbins is like that? He seems to be always, always in the light, always in the positive side. Would you say that that's an example of of his thought? I think Tony's. I honestly, I think Tony's. Tony's kind of balanced. Oh, I, yeah, I, he, is, he is too. Yeah. Can you is give an example of, of somebody who's gone into the light who, who who wants to stay in the light side of things? Just as an example. I, no, he he's an integrator. I, mean, I would say that he integrates and he he can he can impact. He he's he's more balanced. Like other individuals that I've noticed is like they'll they get on the journey and then they go chase the light and they're in plant medicine ceremonies every week. They are oh, like you see a lot okay. of actors like, you know, Will Smith done like 80 some I don't know, I mean, hundreds of ayahuasca ceremonies because he's trying to escape this thing. But he was able to master the material space like he was able to. And that's like when you make sign a deal with the devil, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's like I'm going to not be in the light in order to make a deal. And I used to I, I did that at one point. I was like, I'll make a deal with the material space. Right. And I want to crush it. But what happens is when our intention is meant for so much more. We never able to keep it and it just kind of comes and goes. And some of us make that deal to where we want to keep it. And so we ignore the light. And once consciousness pulls us up into a space, the responsibility of those that have made that deal are going to have to relinquish it. And there'll be just this like massive purging, which is, you know, I, I, I anticipate some weird financial crisis that is going to force people to let go of their money. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It will shift into something else. And then at which point, um, it will be democratized for the masses so that we can all live in the abundance of ourselves and quit worrying about all this nonsense. Do you think that happens quickly or over like a decade? What's your feeling on that? Well, that's a relative I know thing. it's a guess. Like, but... It could be, <laughs> it could be very quick. It could, I, I, I mean, do too. I think it could be very, very quick. Yeah. Very, very quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can see the signs. I mean, we're already gearing up for, you know, central bank digital currency. We, yep. you know, Bitcoin is now a commodity, you know, so we literally have a thing that's created off an of energy that's now a currency that is now a commodity and it's starting to translate so that it can back up this actual digital currency that's going to show up. It's no accidents, right? Uh, when that happens, you know, all of the standards of the material ways that we see in the world, it'll translate from this thing that we could hold and see to something we can't hold and see anymore. And then we're just going to have to trust in the process. It's letting go of the gold standard, the dollars, the things along those lines. It's saying, okay, well, this is the thing that we're going to have to lean into. Yeah. We I really don't know if you guys heard this, but um, I just heard, I didn't even know about this, but I guess we had two destroyers in the Red Sea uh, that were attacked. Uh, we were trying to guard some cargo because there's a lot of money, a lot of revenue, a lot of uh, trade that goes in between that. And we had to turn around because the Houthis were launching drone strikes at our destroyers, right? So we turned tail. So there's a lot of stuff that's happening. I, I was like, whoa, this is getting serious, right? You've got um, a movie called Civil War coming out uh, by E24 Productions. And it's like, okay, we really have a civil war brewing literally on our border right now you can't fucking make this stuff up. I and mean, it's literally all written out for you. You know, you got don't leave the world behind. It came out a few months ago. And sometimes it feels like we're still freaking scripted, you know? And so, but, and, and, and to think and to feel like the, the writings on the wall with, I mean, China's looking like having, it's having a hell of a time with its um, own currency and stuff. So, but that being said, right, we, we still have this um, imperative to, to live our best lives and to, collect with each other and i think there's ways to rise above this and to uh, vibrate higher than the shit crashing around us you know and that's how, yeah. I think how we get it get through it together 
Yeah. And the, what's going to be interesting is seeing the world in like, you know, whenever you interpret dreams, the dream is not the way that it's that it's not the way that we think it is. So, you know, my fiance was having a conversation about a dream the other day where she was like looking for her mother. Right. Well, it's not the fact that you're looking for your mother. Right. It's something else inside of that. So like when we went a little bit deeper into it and what that meant, it was the fact that she was looking for the divine feminine within her. So the, when we start to move from this logical world to the magical world, the way that we'll have to read it is not the way that our minds can contact. Like it's not the way that we can make sense of it. It's going to be like, oh, well, this stuff is happening over here. Oh, it's doom and gloom. No, it's actually purge and release. So when we look at that as like a loving aspect That's of things, it starts to shift the energy. Right, mm-hmm. right. It just shifts the energy. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, now the currency system over in China is off. Well, but then all of a sudden the currency and the peso is going bananas in Mexico. Well, not as it seems, right? There's something within that, but there's a, you know, what's being, what's happening is individuals are getting rewarded for being in their hearts. You know, one thing I notice in like, when I go down to Mexico is, you know, the, the, the way they put value on themselves tied to money isn't the same as it is over here, you know, and they will work their ass off and from an integration perspective. So their ability to integrate and get stuff done is pretty solid. The problem is, is they don't get rewarded for it. So now what's mm. happening is the currency and the energy is starting to basically reward them, whether we like it or not. And those that aren't doing the integration, they're actually losing value. Like it, it's it's really interesting watching all these things kind of like shift. And, you know, it's a it's a correction. Yeah. Well, you, you just naturally, I mean, I live in Southern California, right? And so I am used to, and you, you, you're in LA half the time, right? LA and New York, right? You spend some time between both coasts. So mm-hmm. um, we we see, you know, these poor guys out at 4.30 in the morning, you know, we're, we're having a holiday and they're out there at five o'clock picking stuff out there all the time, sending multiple generations here to work their asses off to send them home. You know, I mean, even one of the congressmen was kind of saying, well, who's going to, you know, you know, wash your car and do all this stuff. And like, Oh, you know, it was supposed to be a kind of a, you know, it was supposed to be a bagging on Republicans. And here she is saying, you know, who's going to, you know, take care of all these things. And in fact, there was a movie called the day without a Mexican. Right. So maybe it is time for that shift, um, Sean. And when you say um, that integration, are you saying that the, the hard work they're doing somehow is being tied also to their heart, that that's why you're seeing this peso valuation increase in that and their wealth immediately get better or, when you, what kind of integration are you talking about for the Mexican people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's more of the fact that they are, yeah, it's, 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 it's the hard work. So like what's happening now is that, you know, in, in this stage of um, the Keter to the Malhut and going to the tree of life, it actually, it's going to the root, right? So yep. everything energetically is emptying yep. down. When what we've done historically is we've honored this, right? We've honored overly intellectual thinking. We've honored a bunch of ideation, we rewarded that, but we haven't rewarded the integration of that. And those that can even lightly integrate become wildly successful. Okay. Mm. So now there's aspects of how we are honoring this earth, the work that we're doing physically here, which is why like old people used to get mad. And they're like, you know, there's these people don't even know how to work anymore because that blood, sweat and tears and that integration of like actually truly working from your emotions down is a big difference. And when you work with passion and you put your feelings into what you're doing and you bring it from your heart, that has to move from here down. They're not thinking about it. It's almost like a constant meditation when they're out there doing it and just getting it and going and doing that rhythmic work. It's like a meditation, but it's coming from here down. And so 
energetically, it starts to then shift the dynamic of the way that, you know, currencies and whatnot are being reintegrated back into this world. And then you're starting to see like this valuation take off in the peso. It's like, it's actually pissing really rich. Like, like I have some um, Mexican uh, friends down there that do really well. And they're like, fuck, this is messing up my whole system because like, it's just popping off. Um, and, and their, and their valuation is going up. Uh, but it's, it's funny to see, but it's, it's what it's, who it's rewarding is those that are working hard, those that have been sitting on it and leveraging the dollar against the peso and, you know, kind of like using it for their benefit. Um, it's actually hurting them um, because they've been working from this, this space and trying to logic their way around it instead of the other way around. And it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see. Hey, Sean, uh, you know, I realized a question I wanted to ask you for a long time is, yeah. Help our audience understand, because you pr prolifically talk about this, the difference between 3D, 4D, and 5D. Yeah. Um, so 3D is, you know, I can go through the dimensional kind of breakdown of it. But um, so the, the third dimension is really a space of, of time understanding. It's what we call the spark. Right. So any, you know, it's the, there's the Trinity in it. It's understanding what experiences are like tied to time. And it's, you know, there, there really is no plan in it. I mean, it can, it can have a plan drop into it, but there's really no plan in it. It's just kind of like a, a being in an experience. The 40 is what I call, and some people can disagree with this is, is the, it's the bridge to your higher consciousness, this 5d mm -hmm. consciousness that we can get into. And you have to go through. So when you start going through trials and issues and problems in life and so on and so forth, and there are the devils that you have to overcome, whether it's the devil of the light or the dark, whatever it might be, it's the bridge that you have to walk over, right? And so in that bridge that you have to walk over, once you pass it, it then get, it entitles you. You become um, worthy because you have to go through those stages of being able to receive Um that's not just like the silver spoon being handed to you. So you have to go through that. And once you get to the 5D, you can now start seeing everything as love. And it's a choice because it's not, we're not going to stay in 5D because there's a whole world for us to experience here in 3D that is tied to these time experiences that not everybody's out of and we're all part of the same body. So therefore, what's my responsibility? My responsibility is that I can go and grab information and I can bring it back across. And every time I go back and cross this threshold of this fourth dimension, I'm going to be challenged and tested because you know what? There's going to be a troll on that bridge that pops up <clears throat> and says, Hey, you know, pay the toll. What do you need to do here? And it's going to be an initiation for me to stay in the truth of what I know mm -hmm. to say that 5d is so important, but I also know that I have a responsibility to work in this world. And so it's like a bridge between the two. And then once you're there in the 5d, it's that, okay, well then there's a plan that you can connect to in the sixth dimension where God is basically pulling you and your plan into yourself. And this is the information that you can receive, which is why when we get downloads and we get in that really high state, is it the plan of God dropping right into you. And you now have the ability to translate that into the third dimension. And now you're walking with the plan in your life. And you're also able to translate that for others. That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful, brother. I really appreciate that. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. I've never heard I that. It was eloquently put. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm wondering if a microcosm of that is when Paul was able to enter in that third heaven, he came down from it and then he got this thorn in his side and he asked God for 
to, for the for the thorn to be gone and he goes no my grace is sufficient for you and i've always wondered like what the hell happened up in that third heaven because <laughs> we know that he's fucking amazing i mean i mean outside of jesus paul is pretty much the would you say um jonathan and in, in christianity the second most you know important person that kind of walked the face of the earth besides i mean who else besides i not, would put not, david ahead of paul you put david ahead of paul in terms of well, christianity david was the heart paul was yeah. the mind yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. but I always often thought that's the troll. There's a thorn here that says, "No, dude, you've been up there. This is your grounding. You yeah. you have this going on just so you can remember all the time. You know what's here. You need to share it. And when you feel that pain, that that's your groundedness in what's going on in this in this 3D. I think that's 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 amazing, man. Amazing. You know what? A lot of people don't even think about is Paul was basically silent for 15 years. So he didn't just go run out and do all this stuff. He was he 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 basically probably experienced a lot of shit in his head for 15 years trying to overcome his own I mean he he was a brutal person and then yeah, was. And that, because the journey is ultimately the only person I have to deal with is me. And so for Paul he had to deal with the fact that if I he saw Jesus had a physiological real experience and it completely <laughs> blinded him what do you do with that kind of experience? You know, and it took him a long time probably to forgive himself. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is that, you know, the blinding and even the silence, it's a hell of a Vipassana retreat, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's literally, it's literally like, you know, you take away, if he's overly cerebral, then let me remove what you can see. I, he did it for himself. I'm going to remove what I can see and I'm going to remove the actual thing and I'm going to go within and I'm going to sit within that. And if you think about the 15, the one and the five to six, right? It's the six is the plan of God. He's literally pulling in the plan of God through that period of time, culminating that over a course that, you know, is a six. It's kind of interesting when you look at it. Yeah. Sean, did you see Book of Clarence? I didn't know. Should I? Yes. It's it's very unique. I Lakeith Sanfield is my favorite actor. And um, the, the, the director who did it, it's basically... The 13th apostle tries to uh, be like Jesus and ends up discovering he is I am. It's a phenomenal story. It's a little, it's not perfect in terms of that he has a comedic element to it that doesn't quite work, but the story is phenomenal. You, I think you'd absolutely love it. Book of Because it's all right. about a human being who's completely doubting, arcing all the way over to completely believing. He says, I, and the end is, I don't believe. I know. Hmm. And the knowing, oh, the gnosis is that final state of the art to know I am. It's uh, a phenomenal is it in, story. Is it on? Uh, is it on? It just came out in the theaters. Screen. It's still probably in theaters. Okay. So, I have to go. Through. Wow. I never heard of that. Yeah. Get a really try good. yeah. 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 Okay. I remember. I remember this trailer. Actually, I, I've, I've been wanting to see this. Okay. I yeah, just yeah. looked it up. It's unique. Stuff. It's unlike any movie you've probably ever seen. And that's what he was trying to go for. Um, it's, it's kind of wild. So yeah. I'd be curious Amazing. to hear your thoughts on it after you see it. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. All right. Hey, what's your plans for this year? Oh man. Like <laughs> what's the thing with your like awareness to where is Sean bringing 5d back to 3d in this year? Is there any thought process that's kind of resonating? I don't say, I don't say I have a plan. Um, I'd say my, I'm just, I'm very intentional in the now. And it, as I've done this, it's like the plan is architecting itself 
with me. So what's and, showing up right now for you? Oh man, like, you know, like I, you know, the, the, all the intentions that I said at the end of last year have almost all happened within the first nice. 25 days of the year, which is crazy. Um, had an, you know, like, like, Hey, we want clients that are values aligned. Every single one of them landed a huge client for, um, around spirituality. And it's like, okay, this mm. is great. All those things are locking in, you know, um, being able to truly stay in the integrity of what that means. And so I had a client, potential client the other day that I'm like, oh, this guy built all this amazing technology around um, taking 5,000 years of learning and putting it into an app. And, you know, there was a, there was a, there was an initiation that I was, basically I could have made a lot of money on him if I took the plan that he wanted me to execute on. I said, look, this is, I can't work with you this way. I have to work with you in a way that's going to grow your business, not in a way because he got pitched by another group at the same time. And they wanted him to do this thing that was all glitz and glamour, but that was not effective. But I would have made a lot of money on it. I said, he's, I'll work with you if you do this thing. I was like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I could, but it would be out of integrity of me knowing that I would be helping you. And so, I mean, it was a pretty significant thing and I was, I let it go, but it was beautiful to just be able to let that go. And then as soon as I did, something else came in. So had I done the planning thing, it would have been like, oh, this is, revenue. This is a thing. I want to do this and then help these people in this business. Um, but I didn't take it. And, and then literally right after that, 10 times the blessings came in. So I'm in the space of constantly being just delighted and receiving what that delight looks like, even in the, even in the, even in the choice of turning away from something that Sean, even five months ago would have been like, yeah, let's go, let's get it. Um, so there's that. I would say that when it comes to, you know, this, how we all awaken together, uh, mm -hmm. it's just getting with individuals and creating different apparatuses and areas of momentum that allow people to just be entertained by consciousness, to find different lanes, to find themselves that don't feel overly dogmatic and scary. Um, that they are becoming the creator of this and finding ways just into their heart um, and helping people get away from this whole like money game. That's just a really negative trap um, that showing people how money isn't a thing anymore. Um, so that I have a notion about that too. What's happening? You went, you when went I right. contemplate the we yeah, money doesn't make sense. Like, mm -hmm. It, 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 that's the thing that's, I resonate with what you're saying is money stops becoming important Yeah. in the we. Yeah. Wouldn't you just give to yourself if it's the we and you wouldn't mm -hmm. no longer hold back to try to profit right. from somebody else? There's no benefit right. for the all there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But collectively, if it's the benefit for the all, like that's, that's what Rich and I have been talking about on, on occasion around the idea of capitalism. Capitalism is ultimately the, the profit for me, which is competitive based, what if it switched to cooperative, which is essentially a co-op, but it, if it's solidified and becomes about the we, how much more effective we could actually be? It yeah. would be effective, attractive, repetitive. Yes. Yes. Right. It's, it's, it's yes. all these things, right? It's the flywheel that Nick talked about yesterday. It, it is, it's a cre it's co-creation. It is, um, it is iterative and repetitive and it's, I mean, everybody shares in it. Right. And so it's amazing. hundred yeah. percent. See, that's, I mean, that's what's on my radar. 
is, yeah, is that I'm, shift yeah. of capitalism. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's a harbinger of the, it's, it's kind of like that, the grind of most men I know. Yeah. It's like, I still want to make a lot of money, but something's really broken. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I love about Judaism when I watch them in community. They, they're, they are a, a religion, a race, and a community. Right. And watching those communities function and support each other, and then they have different, you know, areas of them, but um, watching them support each other and how, you know, it's like a, even some, somewhat in the Indian culture as well, but really in Judaism, I, I watch that and they support each other and they're community aligned and they just, they go to work like, and they, you know, and they got each other's backs. And it's like this little organism that has a lot of light in, in the way that even, Hebrew language and things are structured. There's stuff in that that is like very um, frequency aligned and oriented to why these things come to them and why it happens and even why some they have some very dark days um, on the other side. Hmm. So um, if, if we could all kind of look at that as an example of how to build our communities, it starts to shift the way we show up in the world because there is no more real I. Um, well, it's what, what would happen if everyone could start with basic needs, like place to, place to sleep, a place to, food to eat, clothes for your back, and the capacity to work, saying, hey, I'm willing to work. I've done the math, and you can scale that down because if you move to cooperative, you shift away from sales and marketing, which you don't need because yep. you've got a cooperative agreement for everybody taking care. And then... Now you're working half the time and you're collaboratively creating beauty and art and experience and adventure that is deeply meaningful. I, that's, that's my wonder. That's when I sit in the middle of what I call the unified field. Mm -hmm. When I walk my dog at night, I just ponder and sit in that space of unity. And what shows up is a world where everyone uh, can thrive because of the agreement of trust that's created through cooperation. That, that's what I want to see for my children and my grandchildren. I love it, dude. You know, do you 100%. think 5D is a different world? Repeat that again. Do you think 5D is a different world? Mm, no, no, it's, it's a, it's, it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's a world. It's just an energy field. It's a, um, it's just a dimension of understanding around a level of resonance of love that allows for us to play in different dimensions. Right. So if I can, you know, it's like going, you know, it's like the going to the store and grabbing, getting something and bringing it home and making a really beautiful meal. Um, it's a, it's just a really amazing ingredient that allows us to, um, transcend space and time. And it puts a different lens on this 3D to when we look at it, we're like, we're not looking at it the way that we have looked at it before. So, Is that so what they mean by magical moments, Sean, where it could be something relatively simple, actually, but it actually has something that's meaningful and, 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 and it stands out? I mean, you, you think about um, where there's a vibe and, and family together. There's, there's a time when it's just, hey groceries, dinner, go to bed, right? Then there's other times where something happens in, in the moment and there's this sense of joy that kind of transcends a normal mundane, mundane kind of thing. Or is it something different than that? And even like I'm thinking in a negative sense, there's a guy, you might remember he was the Buddhist monk who set himself on fire to protest, you know, 
the war as he's on the Rage Against the Machine album. You guys know that guy, right? And this guy was just sitting completely still. That guy was not in 3D. I mean, that guy was someplace else, right? As as his body was being consumed and he was perfectly still, right? I don't know what you want to call that, but um, is that what you're saying? That it can actually be, it doesn't have to be something like, uh, like esoteric. It can be something relatively normal, but it actually like a, a special moment kind of comes in. What do you, maybe flesh yeah. that out. Yeah. So like the, we, yeah, it's, it's, it's the mat. So the, the, even like the, what you said in the magical, the magical is not the logical. Of course right? not. And so to your point, we oftentimes try to reference things from a logical mind, which is why the mind is such a, a, a it can be a dangerous thing. And so mapping, mapping your life or mapping the things that you witness of being able to see everything as a miracle, being able to see everything with the lens of magic and awe, which is why children are just like so beautiful to watch because you're just like watching them and they're just in this awe state about the simplest thing. It's like, yeah, it's great. But, and then we logically are like, well, it's not because there's more, but there's not more because that's all that there is. So us being able to move from the mundane, being able to truly see everything as like this magical moment, we start going away from the linearness and trying to create straight lines. And then we start to move in curves. And when you move in curves, you're moving around the thing that hasn't been there. And actually that's the fastest way because you're now witnessing things from all different perspectives. You're not just looking at one thing, you're looking at all types of possibilities, right? And there really are no straight lines. It's only the straight lines we create. Even if I look at this wall that has straight lines behind it, every individual cell on that is a, is a circle mm. that makes up the straight line, right? <laughs> and then that in itself appears that way, but it's only from the construct that, you know, we created it to force it into that, but it's not meant to be that. So it's moving from logical to magical and then seeing everything with that magical lens and that awe and that reverence. And when you do that, that's when, you know, the simplest thing, this conversation, like what's the most, somebody, what's the most, the most magical thing you've ever had happen in your life? This moment right now, right? This is the and best then, podcast ever. <laughs> ever. And then the next one you have will be the best one ever. This and is when actually I one of my funnest ones though. I, Sean, <laughs> you're so fun to hang out with. I appreciate oh. you, brother, because- Likewise, you you look into life very deeply, and you're not afraid. I think that's what I appreciate about you: is you're adventurous with your own soul, to take risks with love that has profoundly shown up for you. And I love that about you. You know, you're you're a you're gentle, but you're you have a deep strength. So I I love that you have both sides of the energy. You know, you have a masculine side and you have a feminine side. So. I, I appreciate your voice and what you're Thank trying you. to do because what I see on your reels especially is just this desire to help people ascend. I don't, I don't even know if that's the right word, but just to see the bigger picture. And uh, yeah. I hope to see more of you this year. So oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to just get together and figure it out. But no, I, I appreciate you guys. You were... As I was on this, and I just like even appreciate you initially reaching out. Um, I'll always be a huge supporter and fan of what you guys are doing. And uh, you know, whenever you need me, I'm around. I'm, I'm yeah. here to you know keep loving Absolutely. on each other. Yeah, love it, man. Awesome. So uh, this has been one of our funnest episodes, at least for me. I know it probably is for you, Rich. Sean, thank you for uh, being with us again, and thank you to all of our listeners. This has been a wonderful episode. We've got a lot of amazing people this week that we're interviewing. So those will be rolled out over the next couple of days. 
And uh, Sean, thank you. This has been an awesome one. So much love, everybody. Yeah, love you guys. Honored. Thank you so much. Thank you.